Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, everybody? I'm your boy, Smitty. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Right in front of your face are the Week 13 Waiver Wire rankings. Unsorted, unfiltered. We're going to break it all down. We got a $20 super chat right out of the gate from Ron Navy. Let's go. Where's my mashed potato button? Ron Navy dropping fire right from the start. Ron Navy says, let's have our morning coffee. Listen to Smitty. Let's have a day. Appreciate you, Ron Navy. Okay, so we've got a lot to, to break down here. And, and there's, there's, there's certainly a different strategy for everybody. Like if you need a quarterback right now, if you've been struggling with a quarterback rotation, then a guy like Mike White is going to rank really high for you in your waiver priority uh, rankings. And, and, and I, I would, I would grab him one overall because if you need a quarterback, because there's no one on here that's standing out or sticking out like a sore thumb. There's no Rashad White anymore, like we talked about every single week. Pretty much this entire waiver wire uh, uh, series, weeks one through uh, twelve. And, and and same thing for Isaiah Pacheco. We've got literally uh, nobody left that feels like win a league running back capable. There's a few guys we'll talk about, Ty Johnson, uh, uh, Knight. There's a lot of players that are on radars. Even Alexander Madison needs to be looked at. But when it comes to winning your league right now, what's important in week number 13 is what pieces are missing from your current fantasy football lineup. Not just a stash necessarily, because some people have the week 14 bye week coming up. Some people have uh, uh, any so a player or two out in week 13. Uh, but Mike White is a definitely a savior potentially for people that are struggling very, very badly at quarterback. So he must be added uh, number one if you need a quarterback. If you need a wide receiver, the 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 player that comes to mind for me, looking at at all these names right here, would have to be Zay Jones. And and the reason he would rank number one purely on volume. Uh, where's where's the stat line? This was uh yeah this was this was this week. 14 targets for Zay Jones, 11 receptions and a buck 45. That is quite a day. And, and and the interesting part is they lean upon him in critical situations and two-point conversions. They want him on the field. He's their playmaker uh, from a, a receiving perspective in Jacksonville. So he needs to be added if you need a wide receiver. He would be the number one wide receiver added for me. Or you could go Traylon Burks. He wouldn't be a bad, a bad add at all. Um, there are several players to talk about here. People's Jones has probably gone in a lot of leagues, but I want to keep bringing his name up. He'd be a fantastic ad. As for running back, if you're needing an RB right now, walking into week number 13, you got to look at Jordan Mason. He would rank number one on your list if you needed a running back potentially, or you could look to, uh, Zonovan Knight, who looks like he could be getting a majority of the volume in week 13 at the running back position for the New York Jets. He got, he got the most, uh, he got the most carries between the Jets backs once Michael Carter went down. Uh, let me pull up the, the Jet running back numbers here. Zonovan Knight, 14 carries, 69 yards uh, in the Jets' Week 12 win over the Bears, adding three receptions for 34 yards. Now, the critical part here is the three receptions because Ty Johnson's kind of thought as the receiving potential back of this situation, right? Well, he only got one reception. 
adding one reception for 16 yards, still a good a good chunk of, of yardage on one catch, but he did have five rushes for 62 yards and the impressive touchdown run. So which running back is the starter for the New York Jets if Carter is out for a significant amount of time and if they don't bring back uh, James Robinson next week and there's not a concern there of, of, uh, of a three-headed monster, what are we looking at here? Who is is this the, the Gibby and, and, and Brian Robinson in Washington over in New York? Do we not really know which running back you're going to want to use? Tough to say. Um, if if I had to guess, I would go off of the potential carries. 14 carries versus 5. I think they do use him as the change of pace. I think when Carter went down, you see sometimes people think that, that they're going to shove the backup running back that's the change of pace back right into the lineup. And what happens is that change of pace back is in a role that's harder to fill than the, the actual starting running back role. It's not like you can just move... Ty Johnson into the starting role and move Zonovan Knight, who's been training to be the backup to Michael Carter, into the the the, the scat back role. So that kind of leaves Ty Johnson remaining where he is, maybe more utilized, but it does put Zonovan Knight in the spot where Michael Carter was. So sometimes the backup pecking order is different than people anticipate based on the fact that the third down back probably remains the third down back. However, Zonovan Knight catching three balls versus Ty Johnson's one makes you think, okay, Knight might be the more valuable of the two. We really don't know is the, the honest answer. Um, so we got to put both of these these running backs over here. But it's kind of a it's kind of a three-headed tie monster for running back if you need running back. And I'm stacking everybody in this number one overall spot for a reason, because depending on what you need for your team right now, entering week 13, where it's critical to have starting components uh, and it's good to, to stash, but unfortunately no one on this list is really a stash anymore. If you're holding on to your waiver wire funds, like Bob on draft day, that doesn't spend all of his auction dollars and he walks out with 20 unspent dollars uh, during his auction draft, this is what this is kind of why you don't hold on to your money through double-digit weeks if you're in a, a a fab situation or if you've got the number one overall waiver pick and you just keep holding on to it and keep holding on to it, you're eventually going to have nothing to pick up and you're going to blow it on some bum that you didn't you didn't even really want or need. And so, really, it comes down to week thirteen. What do you need, Mike White? You need a quarterback. Mike White's the number one overall pick for you. If you need a running back, Jordan Mason or Zonovan Knight or Ty Johnson's the number one pick for you. And if you need a wide receiver, Zay Jones, Traylon Burks, obviously Peoples Jones is in that conversation, or Paris Campbell even, you need to pick up one of those guys if that's what you need um, is a wide receiver. So, you know, and then, and then you got Juwan Johnson, you got Foster Moreau if you need a tight end. There is no pecking order anymore. I don't even know that I'm going to rank the rest of these guys and merely just talk about them because there is no point to ranking them. It's all about your team needs and your roster needs at this point in the fantasy football season. Uh, so if I had to pick up a running back, I'm probably going to lean, because Michael Carter's situation is not totally known, because Zonovan Knight, we don't really know how much work he's going to get compared to Ty Johnson. I'm going to probably, if I need an RB, Walking into week number 13 waiver wire uh, uh, submissions tonight, I'm probably going to drop it on Jordan Mason 
because we know that he's going to get volume. CMC's got the banged up knee right now. They're calling it an irritation, but it's a concern. And the fact that when when uh, Mitchell went down, when 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 Eli Mitchell went down in this Week 12 contest for the Niners, it wasn't like Christian McCaffrey just gobbled up all of the volume immediately. They started leaning on Jordan Mason right away. And that tells me that they still want to do this 50-50 workload divide. Not to mention, even though Christian McCaffrey is an amazingly intelligent fantasy football, or fantasy football NFL running back and fantasy football player, but he's such an amazing talent at the running back position in the NFL. Such a smart kid, a sponge, a hard worker, takes care of his body, grew up in the Shanahan like family in a sense, the system, you know, he knows the system. He, this guy knows football. He knows football. He can absorb a playbook probably better than most people. I can tell you that right now. And he's a hard worker and he's hungry. That I will say about Christian McCaffrey, even being all of those things, absorbing a Kyle Shanahan system and a new playbook and all the different little ins and outs of it, especially in like the blocking pieces and schemes, like when and this has been said before, Christian McCaffrey, when he's on the field, he's probably getting the ball, or he's a big part of the play, or he's an option on the play, or whatever. He, he's when he's off the field, you know, they're probably it's because he doesn't know the pass protections yet. There's some of that, some of that thinking going on too, as to why Christian McCaffrey isn't 100% involved in everything going on in this offense. They also want to keep him fresh. This is about the playoffs more than it's about right now for the Niners. Think about it. If if you've got a guy like Mitchell and a guy like Mason and a guy like even Ty Davis-Price that can come in and take 10 to 15 carries away from this what's probably what? Uh, C-Mac, you're in the building. How many times are the Niners going to run a game? 35, 40 times a game? You guys are going to run the ball a ton. You need a running back that can come in and take a, a, a big chunk of the work. Not just three or four or five carries. You need somebody in, in heavy double-digit category uh, of carries to in order to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy. This is about the playoffs for the 49ers. It's about keeping Christian McCaffrey healthy enough to walk into the playoffs if the Niners are so lucky and they're on a hunt for a, a wild-card spot for sure or a division win. Uh, it, this is about this is about the Niners having Christian McCaffrey full go when they enter the playoffs, and so that's bad for fantasy. We've already seen this divide going on. We've already seen Christian McCaffrey get pulled off the field after he does a lot of the work in between the twenties, and then we might see Mason come in and punch in the touchdowns, and it's going to be frustrating from a fantasy perspective. But this is what we worried about the moment this trade was executed: either injury. And Christian McCaffrey's banged up right now. Or the fact that Shanahan would use these two players very, very, very differently than 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 we would if we were to shove McCaffrey out there. He's either going to abuse Christian McCaffrey and get him injured, or he's going to divide this thing up in a frustrating fashion. What I do know for, for almost a fact is that Shanahan's frustrating from a fantasy perspective, and I don't think that's going to change. If I had to pick a player that, and I needed an RB, it would probably be Jordan Mason, uh, but Zonovan Knight is probably my second choice. Ty Johnson, 
probably my third. You've got Kyron Williams in the mix. You could throw him in this conversation, but we'll put him down here. Zamir White. Gus Edwards is definitely in the mix for a, for a, for a potential running back grab in the three to four overall range from the guys listed here. We got Gainwell. He's still a potential uh, a guy to, to grab. If you have ETN, you need to grab Jamichael Hasty. Now, ETN, the reason Jamichael Hasty isn't number one, and a lot of people might think he should be, is they think that ETN's injured. In- ETN did injure his foot. It's the other foot. It's not the Liz Frank injury related foot from, from the offseason. This is the different foot. It's a, a, a considered a mild sprain. Uh, and C Max is 100, uh, he says 40, 40 carries is the goal for the Niners rushing the football. You run the ball 40 times, probably winning the game, right, C Mac? I, I think, um, I think, uh, where, where was that? Where was that? Uh, I was talking about Michael Hasty. ETN, ETN suffered that, that mild foot sprain, not on the Liz Frank recovered foot. And he could have come back in the game. And I said this when it happened, where we went live. Uh, I said that this guy had the helmet on, or I went live right after. He put the helmet on. He was standing in a in a posture that looked like he was wanting to go back into the game. And he was standing in a way that looked like he was going to go back into the game. And this was at, right before halftime. They came back out after the half. He didn't get his helmet off. He was talking, joking around, walking around. There's there's no concern about this being a big issue. And there really is at this point, unless he suffers a setback, there's no concern at all um, about uh, about him... Yeah, we do need to talk about Benny Snell. That's a great, great point. I don't know that I have Benny Snell on here yet. Let's talk about Benny Snell. And, and obviously, um, Jalen Warren, who's rostered in a lot of leagues, but let's talk about him as well. So Jalen Warren uh, and uh, Benny Snell. Let me put them both on screen here, and then we'll we'll slot them accordingly. Very, very good one. Thank you for catching me on that. Uh, Benny Snell. Thank you. Um, my concerns are very little for ETN and his foot. I, I, that's why Hasty's not ranking super high. If ETM was out, the involvement that that running back's going to have in this offense is heavy. And Jamichael Hasty would rank this high, even if it was for one or two weeks, because of the impact that can have for your week 13, week 14 uh, finish to the season. And it's, it's a critical time right now where people need points. But because I don't have any concerns about ETN, he ranks really low on this list, respectively. For people that can go and grab Mike White, Zay Jones, only ETN owners should maybe consider bumping Jamichael up, you know, a handful of spots to secure that running back room. So if you have Jamichael or if you have ETN, you want Jamichael Hasty a little more than the average bear. And if you don't, you don't really. He's a cuff. He's just, he's he's the same as Alexander Madison, who does need to be on this list as well. Now, thank you for reminding me about Benny Snell. Benny Snell probably ranks somewhere in this range. I don't know that I have Benny Snell over Zonovan Knight. I don't know that I have Benny Snell over Jordan Mason, even if he's expected to potentially start for his team, because this is a team that's having problems producing an elite running back no matter what. So Benny Snell would definitely be in the mix of the second, third, or whatever running back ranked on this list. But I think Jordan Mason still has easily just as much value, probably safer value than even a starting Benny Snell because what's the rotation going to look like? Is Jalen Warren going to be back? Is Jalen Warren available in your league? If he is, he needs to be grabbed as well. Probably put him somewhere around this range. Jalen Warren, 
Uh, let's move these guys down a little bit. Traylon Burks, we'll put him over here. We'll put Zay Jones right here. We'll put uh, we'll put Jalen Warren right here. If he's available, you probably need to make sure you grab him. If I it, we don't even know if he's healthy enough to play in this game, we don't have any clue as to where this peck, how this pecking order is going to shake out entering week number thirteen. Uh, maybe Ron Navy has a little bit of uh, um, uh, uh, take on this. What's Jalen Warren looking like, Ron? Walking into this week thirteen. I haven't heard anything on Jalen Warren. Last we heard, he was out and not playing. We don't know if he's going to even be healthy enough to play or suit up. We'll have more on that information uh, looking forward. Um, and then, uh, let's see. So, yeah, Benny Snell probably in this range right here. McFarland also could get some work, says Ron Navy. Uh, so, definitely definitely take a, a look at those guys if you need to. A running back, but I, I definitely would choose Zonovan Knight or Jordan Mason over those two because of the cloudiness of the situation. For one, as Ron Navy said, McFarland could be involved. McFarland, uh, Benny Snell, you don't know what's going on with Jalen Warren, uh, so that that makes Jordan Mason and, and Knight the better options. And Mike White is the number one option if you need a quarterback. Foster Moreau is still available in an uncomfortable amount of leagues. He's probably the best tight end available on waivers. In most any scenario, I'll go check and see if Austin Moreau is available. Juwan Johnson's still there. He had a tough matchup last week, so people might overlook him going into this week. But the guy catches touchdowns all the time, so he's a touchdown threat. James Cook should be added if you need a, a running back. Isaiah McKenzie's always good for some some uh, uh, surprise wide receiver play. And Nico Collins is still available in a lot of leagues, needs to be grabbed. That would be my Week 13 waiver wire rankings for uh for anybody that has any kind of different scenario i think i painted pictures well enough to cover whatever angle or perspective you might be coming from uh, anybody have any other players they feel should be added to the waiver wire rankings for week number 13 it, 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 speak now or forever hold your peace i'll throw up whatever you guys want and, and rank them accordingly uh what's up thor bear appreciate you thor bear where you been bro Carlo, appreciate you. KB82, Faithful Lee, uh, Jeremy G, Ron Navy dropping the super chat. Appreciate that, Ron Navy. Uh, I think we got a couple other super chats I'll throw on the board while we wait to see if anybody has any other waiver wire uh, suggestions or players they want to know about. Smitty, what do you think about picking up a player or defense as a strategy to keep them from another team? I think it's okay as long as you're still bettering your team. If you are blocking somebody using players you don't really necessarily need to keep, you drop them and then you pick up, pick up someone to block somebody, I'm fine with that. But if you start ruining your roster and dropping Alexander Madison's to try and grab a defense so that your, your your opponent doesn't grab a defense, then all of a sudden Alexander Madison goes into the lineup and, and we have Alexander Madison right here. If he was starting, he would be a 10 or a 9 and a half or 10 out of 10 on the, on the confidence scale of being the best pickup of the year, which we do every week. And there's nobody on here even worth ranking over there uh, this week because unless you need a quarterback very, very badly, Mike White would rank somewhere in the 8-9 range probably for somebody that needs a quarterback extremely badly. And, and, and so Alexander Madison is one guy that uh, I feel like if was starting would be over here. And if you've got to make cuts like that uh, to try and block opponents, I think you're putting yourself in a position where you might be making your team uh, put your team in a, in a bad spot. Ron Navy says, saw the Chiefs signing Melvin Gordon to the practice squad. Chase expected to play this Sunday. Yeah, Chase is definitely expected to play on uh, in week 13. So everybody get ready for that. Melvin Gordon, if I was a slot Melvin Gordon... Let's put Melvin Gordon on this list and see where. I don't think Melvin Gordon 
would rank any higher than probably around this territory for me because an injury would have to happen. It's a tough scheme. I've talked about this before. The The Kansas City Chief offense scheme playbook is one of the tougher ones in the NFL to, to get your hands on. Now, now, Melvin Gordon is a veteran and probably one of the more likely players to absorb that kind of thing quickly because he's been in the league a while. He's ventured to different situations before, so he's kind of a, a, a he's kind of a mover, and he can move into a new environment and probably adapt a little different than than a player that hasn't moved teams and, and moved around and absorbed different playbooks. So I do think he could pick things up quickly, and we've been told before that even uh, Damian Williams during that that amazing Super Bowl performance and in and, and that, that playoff run that Damian had that made people think he was going to be really good the next year. Remember? Remember when we all pumped up Damian Williams? Damian Williams during that 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 you could say magical end of the season form where he really vaulted up in value because of that finish uh, that he had during that Super Bowl run year. He didn't know the playbook at all throughout the entire season. And even in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, he was told where to go almost on every play, he said. And it wasn't because he's a dumb guy and he doesn't pick up the system fast. It's because Casey's so complicated. Mahomes would be like, blue 76 hatchback, uh, uh, 11, 49-7 score, you know, cross hatch 11. Break. Uh, Damien, you do a, a five-yard out. Like, it was literally that 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 kind of thing for him because it was such a complex system he couldn't grasp it in enough time. So like Melvin Gordon stepping up and just like being the, the workhorse from week 13 through 17, I don't see it happening. Um, and anything can happen. Injuries can certainly open doors and, and create fast uh, development. So it, it, this, could this thing develop into a, a situation where Melvin Gordon start week 17, week 16? Sure. But right now it is not Melvin Gordon's job to lose and he's not even second in the pecking order it's going to be until further notice the pacheco show so in, unless pacheco gets hurt we're not going to assume anything crazy with melvin he's more no more than a, a not even a not even a backup he's a backup of a backup so we're going to put him right there uh, but certainly somebody to, to think about keep on the the front of your mind ron navy appreciate your super chat on that one um i think i'm caught up on the super chats unless somebody super chatted down below i think harvest dropped one uh, Warren probably won't play this coming week. That's kind of my thinking. And that's why I didn't really have him on here to begin with. But I think someone bringing up Benny Snell made me want to put him on here to, to at least have the conversation. So if Jalen Warren's available, you know, maybe even he gets moved down until we know he's back. So we'll just put him down there. Um, I do think Zay Jones is the most attractive wide receiver option on this list because the dude had 11 targets. No, no, he had 14 targets, 11 receptions, and 145 yards in week number 12. I don't think pe- I don't think a lot of people realize it was very quiet how it happened. He had 14 targets, Zay Jones. 14 targets for 11 receptions and 145 yards. They love using him. They love using him. Now ETN was out, so he got a little extra attention. But Hasty still delivered and, and did work. So I don't even know that you could say that if, if ETM was in the in the game that the, the the usage of Zay would have been dialed back at all. Maybe a little bit, but not a ton. I still think he's he's capable of eight targets. You know, they love Zay Jones. They like moving him all around the field. He's kind of like their their secret weapon, you know. Their poor man's version of Debo Samuel. Uh Warren probably won't place his Ron Navy. 
Uh, Harvest with a super chat. Harvest, appreciate your super chat, my guy. Harvest says, I have to win next two games to make the playoffs. Um, uh, let's see here. To make the playoffs, um, don't know who to ride with. Pierce or Rashad White looking tough. You got to go Rashad White over Pierce, man. Pierce is on the bench until further notice if you've got options like Rashad White harvest. You got to throw Rashad in there. You got to throw Rashad in there. He's balling out, bro. Scotty do with the super chat. Can Dalvin Cook get hurt already? We don't wish injury upon anybody here on the show, Scotty do, despite what some people say. Uh, but maybe Madison does get used at some point. Elijah Moore, that's actually a good one to add. And I think he is actually, let me see if Elijah Moore is available. He might be available in enough leagues to throw him on this list. So that's a great name to throw out there. Um, it's tough to know. A lot, of, a lot of leagues are different. Elijah Moore. <sighs> Elijah Moore, let's see. Because Elijah Moore, you know, definitely is relevant again. Um, Mike White does that. Mike White can do that to a, a person. Elijah Moore rostered. Yeah, he's only rostered in about 30 to 40% of leagues. So let's put Elijah Moore on this list and let's see where we slot him. Great, great addition. Elijah Moore. I, I like that. That's a good ad. I'd probably say that Zonovan Knight is still ahead of him. I'd probably say if Peoples Jones is available and Burks is available, you probably want those guys. But I would say, I would say Elijah Moore and Paris Campbell are very comparable. Uh, I'd probably say Campbell maybe slightly over Elijah Moore, so maybe something like that. Elijah Moore should be slotted. The fact that I've got him in the middle of this, he should have been on there from the beginning, so I really appreciate you throwing that name out. Does anybody else have any more names they want to throw out? Um, thank you, Scotty Do for the super chat. Uh, Smitty, how about Colts tight end? Yeah, Mo Ali. Mo Ali should probably be on here. Um, yeah. Moali Cox is a pretty decent, uh, a decent tight end at this at this stage in the game, so we'll put him on here. Moali, we'll probably put him at the bottom here, but he definitely should be on the list. That's a good one as well. Uh, Smitty, how about that Woods fellow, Colts tight end, uh, Jalant? Yeah, I, yeah, he's okay too. You could put him on here. Him and Moali Cox, you could both put on here. Gino, Trevor, Mike White, or Danny Dimes. Kyler's on a buy. Uh, Gino is the safest. I think Trevor Lawrence is probably second safest. Mike White has the most, I think the most upside, but but probably the most risk of the three. So you got to kind of pick your poison. Um, Swift rest of season. I don't know, bro. I have a feeling that we could either see Swift never return to form this year. And then we walk into 2023 with him as an ultra value, but still a risk and an unknown. Or he finishes like, like he was supposed to start. You know whether whether it's Jamal breaking down or not, and I'm not saying Jamal will break down. I'm just saying I could I can envision for whatever reason, call it a gut instinct, call it whatever you want. I can envision Swift having one of those 152 TD games. You know I I I, I yeah, and I'll I'll put Woods on here. I'll put Woods on here, and let me uh, let me let me throw a stat line up. Jelani Woods had uh, eight, yeah, eight targets, nine targets, eight receptions, 98 yards. That's a good one to add. Maybe he is a better add than uh, than Mo Ali, probably. 
at this point. He's a very talented guy. Let's throw Jelani on here. Jelani Woods. Maybe we we rank him a little bit higher. That's it's a good one. Maybe we'll put him as high as like Elijah Moore. So if you need a tight end, yeah, because I mean I didn't even realize he had that many targets. Nine targets is quite a bit. Eight of nine for ninety eight yards. Not bad. Not bad. Good ad people. Good ad people. Um Cox did have a catch. He's okay. Did they call us catch back? Let's see. Hold on. Let me see if you're correct. Um, no, Cox had uh, three targets, two catches, 14 yards. He's okay. He's a talented guy, but I think Jelani is the better option. I think you guys are right. Nice call. Nice call. We moved Jelani up here. He, he, you can even put him in the, as high as this range if you need a tight end. I like that call. Hey, Smitty, could you let me know about this trade? I traded Barkley and Alave for Travis Etienne, T. Higgins, and Herbert. I don't mind that trade, Noah. I think that could work out for you. You need you need a quarterback. I understand why you made that move. Um, I've got Chase, A.J. Brown, Gabe Davis, Pickens at wide receiver. Skywalker, Pollard, uh, Jeff Wilson, Algier at running back. I'm 9-3. Does Mason help me out? Of course, he helps you out as potential... Uh, depth piece, and if something happened to Christian McCaffrey, he'd be a guy you'd shove right in, just like Alexander Madison. Uh, just because you can't shove him in your lineup doesn't mean you shouldn't grab him. If not, just to hold somebody back from picking him up, you know what I mean? As long as you're not cutting somebody good. Love the show, Smitty. Been a while since I got to watch it live. Always watching, though. Appreciate you, Will. Thank you for hitting that thumb up button all the time. Scotty, do all these guys are uh, desperation wa- waiver wire ads. Sorry. Says Scotty. Scotty's not liking anybody. Well, Scotty, your team, you're living it up. You're living it up. The the, the rich don't need to, to dive into the waiver wire, do they, Scotty? Watson, Brady, or Mike White to start. Probably your safe plays, you know, Watson might be a little bit safer. Um, Mike White's a little higher risk, higher reward, I think. You know, or you could, fl- I mean, you could really flip that argument. You really could. But I, I think Mike White, Mike White's got, I guess I call Mike White the the high risk, high reward because you might feel like he, he needs to prove it still. Maybe is why that feels that way. But Watson's really a risk too because he's been rusty, hasn't played football in forever. It's a revenge game against the Texans though. I don't know. Pr- pretty decent game for Watson, I think. Who do you drop between Pickens, Burke, Sutton, Pacheco to pick up Christian Watson? Christian Watson shouldn't be available in your league, but if he is, you got to grab him. I would say probably drop. I mean, as much as I love Pickens and as much as I love. I like Pickens a lot. Let's see. What did Cortland Sutton do last week? 75 yards. I mean, he's been, he's okay. He's been consistent. Six catches, five catches, six catches, 60 yards, 80, 75. The, the problem with Pickens is that it's usage. It's, you know, the inconsistency. But Pickens, I like a little bit more. Um, 57 yards, 80, 83 yards, 32, then zero, then 61. I mean, I would say trust your gut on who to drop between those two. I would not drop. Burks, I would not drop Pacheco. Um, I don't believe in Denver, so ultimately Sutton's droppable. 
in this context for Christian Watson. I mean, I definitely drop either one Pickens or Sutton for Christian Watson, but I kind of like Pickens more than I like Sutton skill set wise. So I probably hold on to Pickens, but Sutton feels more tradable. So I, I guess Pickens, I, I don't know. That's tough, bro. We got the collusion deal from last night, says Raul. Raul was trying to get me to help him with the collusion type deal. And I told him, I, I don't feel comfortable with this. And he, he was trying to get his buddy to accept a trade. His buddy said he'd do whatever. And he was trying to have me cook up a trade idea for him. Becoming the collusion special last night. The week 13 collusion fantasy football special. Uh, two people want me to help him collude last night. I just don't do that. I don't condone it. Jeremy, you're completely wrong. I'm second place, my man. My team is fire, says Scotty Dew. Scotty's, Scotty's not having it. He's not taking any lip from anybody tonight about his team. Is Rashad White a good flex start over Palmer or Deontay Johnson, even if Fournette returns? Um, yeah, because Fournette essentially got benched before his injury. But we don't know. They could essentially, you know, rip the hope out from under us like a rug. It's possible. But, I mean, Rashad White's a fantastic play still, bro, no matter what happens with Lenny. Thanks, Smitty. Always love the show. Appreciate you, Cough. Thank you. Uh, Ron Navy with another super chat. Ron Navy says, uh, Pickens should have had a TD bad pass from Pickett. Yeah. It's just, it's like if this guy were in a different setup situation, um, probably 2023, hopefully he's a lot better for him because of the, the surroundings, you know, the, the environment. Pickens would be an unbelievable. I love Pickens. He's a, this guy's got a top, he's got the, the skill set of a top 12 wide receiver in the NFL. He looks, it looks phenomenal. Collusion's a part of the game. <laughs> it says, <laughs> Dreamer. Okay. Uh, trade Mixon and Ayuk away for Justin Jefferson. Uh, only if you like winning, Drew. If you like winning, do that deal. Rashad White or Damian Pierce. Rashad White. Mike White season, that's right, Jets gang. You should be proud of yourself. Get yeah, look at that. Look at that avatar. <laughs> Stacy's mom. Um let's see here. Uh this one's from Jedi. Jedi says, Do I bench Camara for white, Pacheco, or Swift? Uh we'll have to let's play this by ear, Jedi. I think ultimately you want to start Camara. And you want to find a way to play these other guys, but it, it's a tough question to, to answer. And I, I don't think I bench Kamara in, you know, right now when it counts. He could have an explosion game at any moment, even though he can be inconsistent. Andrews for Schultz. Uh, let's see here. I have Kelsey. Andrews for Schultz, Rashad, Metcalf. Uh, yes, I would probably take Rashad White and Metcalf. And then you get Schultz as a backup for Andrews if you have Kelsey. Although Andrews as a flex isn't bad. I'm just going to say that. But I'd rather have Rashad White Metcalf. That's a great move for you. Now you could potentially do one more move though, Estes. Don't necessarily stop there. Trade some of that depth and maybe upgrade somewhere else. Uh, Frederick, did I answer Frederick's super chat? Uh, what do you think about picking up a player or defense? Yes, I did. I think we're caught up on the supers. If I missed anybody's super chat, please let me know and I will find it. And answer. Appreciate everybody in here dropping supers and being supportive. Hit that like button on your way in or out. Hit that that subscribe button if you have not yet. We only have 63 thumbs up and 210 of you watching right now. Please punch that thumb up button for your boy Smitty. Uh, Zamir White. 
um, is definitely an ad. We've got Zamir on here. He's right here. I'm sorry if he's covered up. Zamir White is definitely on this list. You could rank him anywhere in this range right here. You could rank him anywhere in here. And uh, let's hit the news wire and see if there's any other news we need to read about walking into this this week. Um, we do have the, the Josh Jacobs situation kind of evolving right before our very eyes. Uh, this, this report just posted here. Um, it looks like a few minutes ago here we got Josh Jacobs potentially a concern we we saw this last week though um Josh Jacobs Cav hopes to play week 13 um he won't practice much this week following a monster week 12 outing against the Seahawks he struggled through a calf issue apparently threatens his week 13 availability if he suits up Jacobs matchup against one of the NFL's softest rushing defenses is going to be tasty uh, Zamir White and Abdullah should be rostered in deeper leagues. This is according to NBC Sports. So, yeah, that, that is a concern and something to watch. It could have Zamir White. We could even put him up this 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 territory here. It could have Zamir White climbing fast. Like if Zamir White, this is a guy that we've had on the, on the waiver wire rankings on and off since week one. We love Zamir White. Um, almost a moon man. So if Zamir White was inserted into the starting lineup, and you could in- anticipate this if you wanted, and say I'm gonna I'm gonna draft Zamir White or, or or pick him up off the waiver wire or spend my fab on him in anticipation that something happens, uh, hopeful is not great to be honest with you. When you see words like hopeful, that's like I always say when Dad said he was gonna maybe get you ice cream later if you were good, and then the nighttime came and he was tired and he was like I don't want to throw the ball anymore. I don't want to go get ice cream tomorrow. I'm sorry. I know I told you today, but tomorrow he gets tired. Dad gets tired. You can't blame him. Okay, he works hard. But but this was like when when you're told hopeful, he hopes to play week 13. Hope isn't always the greatest word you want to hear. So Zamir White could climb. We had him here. That news brings him here. But if he was starting, you could put him here, and, and even if it's one week, you could say that he was a 9 or an 8 out of 10 on the confidence scale. The only reason why he wouldn't be a 10 out of 10 is because you don't know if Abdullah is going to get half the work, and so you don't really know what's going to happen. So Zamir White will put right there, but that's definitely a concern, um, and we'll have to monitor that situation walking into uh, into the coming days. So know that Zamir White could climb really, really fast. KCM, can we get a phone, a friend, uh, trade veto drop. Uh, can we get a phone, a friend, trade veto drop? KC, if you need to call in, call in. If that's what you're saying. Appreciate your super chat. Ron Navy with the super chat. Ron says, uh, Demarcus Robinson from the Ravens. I picked him up. Could be okay. That's definitely a decent ad. I appreciate that one. Uh, does the rise of Jacobs and fall of Pierce change your thought process on having bias in fantasy football uh yeah but but i mean pierce did phenomenal and there's nothing wrong with what pierce had done and did and still could do but we're obviously worried enough to bench him um as for as for jacobs i mean what a nice turnaround for him i don't know how i feel about his future you know leonard fournette is a guy that i've doubted over the years that has had good seasons so um, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, I think people will overvalue Jacobs walking into 2023 and I don't think I have any bias involved to hold him back. I have told you guys that Jacobs is the one player that I have bias against. 
Um, but I could recognize when he's playing well and he's playing fantastic and he's playing like a top five to 10 running back right now. I wouldn't put him in the top one to five because it is one game that we're judging that off of. Keep in mind that everybody and their mother was worried about Jacobs walking into week 12, um, not just because of the injury, but just because he had been playing bad for a while again, or he didn't play amazing. He hadn't played amazing for a while. So it's easy. Hindsight's twenty twenty to say, oh, he's a top five running back. We all thought it. Everybody's going to say that, but Jacobs is, it depends on where he lands next year. You know, it depends on a lot of things. Jacobs is definitely, he's got potential. He's always had potential. It seems like he's got his head on straight right now. He hadn't in the past. Um, so it's good. It's good. I don't know that it's bias involved. I think it's more so he's proving that he can change. Um, so I, I don't know that there's much bias involved as to not seeing that coming. Most of the fantasy football community across the board didn't envision Jacobs doing what he's doing right now. Jacobs has proven to be someone not to count on necessarily. So I don't, I don't think there was any bias involved in missing that, that, that bounce back out of Jacobs because he was supposed to be amazing and he, he fell flat on his face and didn't become the player that some of us thought he could have become the year prior when Jacobs was a borderline top 12, top 14, top 15 overall player. So not a lot of bias involved. It's more so this guy has revived himself and I think everybody that doubted him had a reason to doubt him. I don't think that there was anything wrong with the way that people approached Jacob's ranking. Nobody missed the boat on it. It was one of those things that evolved. But good question. Um, wait. What till you, wait till you see? I think you see the top running back free agent for next season fantasy. Daniel says, "What are we talking about, Daniel? Spit it out, Daniel." Spit it out, boy. Uh, wow, Jacobs is such a beast. It's injuries that do him in, says Rush. Have we complained about Henry's fumble yet? Heartbreaking. That was very heartbreaking, OJ. That was probably one of the biggest disappointments probably for people in week number 12. Revived himself as Swift is dead. Okay. True. True. No one's going to debate that. Please pick one flex and one receiver. Full PPR. Christian Watson, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders. Um, who is that? Mike Williams? Rashad White? It's probably going to be Rashad White and Christian Watson. End of story. I mean, Sanders is a debate, I guess. Smitty, do you like... Or do you Do you like Jordan... Love improvement in maturity if he starts and they shut down... Rogers, rest of season. Oh, Jordan Love. I thought you were talking about Jordan Mason. I don't love Jordan Love, but I I think I'm 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 open minded to see if he can, you know, prove doubters wrong. But I, I'm certainly not going to be starting him or or in Superflex I might, but I'm certainly not ultra excited about Love yet. I think Love's got a lot to prove, but I think the the Packers like him and I think they do want to see him. See what he's got in store. What's up, Scotty? Do you're live on the show, bro? Good morning, man. Thanks for answering my call. Yes, sir. Got a couple questions. So, um, in my flex, I can either start Rashad White, Devin Singletary, or Alave. Which one should I put in my flex? I have Stevenson and Eckler as my starting running backs. I mean, as of right now. 
you could say Alave is maybe the safer play, but we got to hear about what's what's going to happen in in Tampa at the running backs position. You know what I mean? Like if if Leonard Fournette is probably out again, I probably lean Rashad White. If Leonard Fournette's back, but they're saying the job is White's and it's clear, there's clarification that we feel good about, then I'm probably going Rashad White. If we don't know, there's no clarity around it, it feels like Olave might be safer. It doesn't mean I wouldn't start White at the end of the day, but I think I would say Olave's safer at that at that point. With those, There's just a bunch of different scenarios there that we got to look at. I can't really give you an answer yet. It's difficult because of the matchups, because I do like Singletary, but then again, he's playing against New England, and Alave is playing against Tampa, and Alave's quarterback situation is not the best, so it's kind of dicey. I'm yeah. a Niners fan, of course, so I didn't play Alave last week. I, I benched him because um, he did have, I mean, he almost had that long catch. Uh, it was, um, I guess it was incomplete, but whatever. But, yeah, I mean, thank you for the advice. And then one more thing before I let you go. Um, about the Jets running backs. I don't know. I wouldn't advise most people to try to grab one. It's, in my opinion, I think it'll be a rotation. Um, I think Jordan Mason's a nice pickup to complement McCaffrey as well. Um, and then what do you think about Kyron Williams and just that Rams offense as a whole. I had Kyron Williams. I was holding him on the IR most of the year, but I feel like that Rams offense is not that good or even worse starting Kyron, especially for those that are looking to try to make playoffs. Yeah, I'm not I'm not real excited about Kyron right now just because, the like you said, the offense is, is atrocious and they can't move the football. And, and everybody always says things like, oh, if the quarterback goes down or there's quarterback problems, they'll run, run the ball. But you can't if you can't move the chains, it doesn't matter. Three and out, doesn't matter. Bad. Look at Damian Pierce, bad rushing attempts. For anybody that thinks it's Damian Pierce's fault, it is what it is. You can't separate player from situation. So Damian Pierce, all intents and purposes, he is he's benchable. I, I understand that. I acknowledge that. But for anybody that thinks it's his fault, they don't know what's going on. They aren't watching with their eyeballs. The guy is negative yardage. The last, like, I think it's the last two or three games, negative yards before contact. That means he's getting hit in the backfield every single time he touches the football. He's not getting any positive yardage before contact. That is not his fault. The fact that he's averaging over zero yards per carry means he's an absolute monster and animal. But but it's just it is what it is, you know. So in the it's the case of Rams players or whatever, it is what it is. You know, Higby's not going to be what Higby could be, and and Kyron's not going to get the opportunity or be what he's supposed to be. With this offense being in the, you know, the state of this offense is is horrible. It's just like Pierce. Pierce on a different team. You take Pierce away and put him on, uh, in in Jacksonville where ETN's thriving, and he would explode. Pierce would be a top four running back. So it is what it is. You got to read. You got to read the tea leaves. You got to you got to take the situations as they come and accept them. Move move on. Adjust and adapt. And that's what we do. One door closes, another opens. I agree with you. Pierce is an absolute stud. He's just in a very bad situation with a bad offensive line. Um, yeah, he, he's a stud, man, for sure. But, yeah. uh, hey, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for answering my call. All you right. Have a good day, man. Later, Scotty. 
Um, yeah, I, I wish Pierce was in a different spot. Maybe things get better with the draft and the offseason and all that, but Pierce, need, Pierce, Pierce on a different team would be amazing. Um, he would be top 15, not top 5. Bro, he's top. He's already top 15. He was top 15 in Houston, but things have been falling apart. Uh, anyway, I, we could debate that all. We could be, debate that all day long. People, people act like they know what what Pierce would be. Even me, I and mean, we don't know. No one knows. I don't know. You don't know. No one knows. All I know is when I watch him, he's an absolute monster. Absolute monster, carrying people. The most aggressive, violent runner I've seen in a long time. That was not even. On a lot of people's radars. I loved him before he landed in Houston. You know, so it's not like he just fell in a good spot at first, we thought. And then it it developed into a bad spot. Which is weird. But he was fully utilized. And and it was a good situation for him at first. But, I mean, it wasn't bad. For people to say they avoided him because of Houston. He did well in Houston at first. For whatever reason, it's unraveled. But he's a monster. He's a top 5 to 10 running back. If he's in the right spot, but he's not in the right spot, so it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It is what it is. He's not a top five to ten running. Someone in here is going to listen. Keyboard warrior right now is going to listen and say, "You just called Pierce a top ten running back. He's not a top ten running back, Smitty. He's not even startable." Yeah, we know that. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying right now. Situation and player cannot be separated. They're together. They're glued together. Therefore, Pierce is not a top ten running back. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> 